You are about to hear a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available. My message this morning is about unlimited resources. I read in Psalm 139, 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Most people say the first part of this psalm, but they don't know full well who they are, what they have on the inside of them. Friends, you need to read this. You need to apply it. You need to live it because you... God has made you well. Psalm 34 is probably one of my favorite psalms. And I'm just going to share a couple of thoughts out of that. But Psalm 34 is one of the psalms. In fact, it is the only psalm that is mentioned so many times in the New Testament. If you do some Bible study, you'll understand that there's lots of things that are mentioned in Psalm 34, one of David's great psalms, and it's mentioned throughout the New Testament. But verse 5 says, Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Verse 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And verse 9 says, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. Lack nothing. You see, I believe, in fact, I've heard in the prophetic conference that I went to in November, that there's a new fear of the Lord coming over individuals and churches. And I believe the local church, when it gets the fear of the Lord upon them, and they get to understand what that is all about, God is going to open the floodgates. And you see, the radiance of God. See, when people see, see you, they should see someone who's happy, not because of circumstance, but because you've got a joy that the world cannot give and the world can't take away. When you recognize that, all of a sudden, there's something that wells up on the inside of you and encourages the person next to you. I agree with what Wilson says. In the church, the church is so important. The local church is so very important for you to not only be in, be, be part of it. There's a picture I want to put you, in fact, a couple of slides of a warship called Vasa. It's a Swedish warship which was actually right now, if you look at Wikipedia, you'll see that they, they have this in a museum in, uh, in uh, Sweden, and it's in Stockholm. And uh, this particular ship is uh, a ship that king, the king at that time, 1626 and 27, it was built, and 1628, it was launched out. And uh, this sh ship, and you'll see it, it's it has two rows of guns, bronze guns that were put on there it was it is very richly decorated so see how it is decorated the king wanted this ship to to be so magnificent and so there was no money spared about how it looked and how powerful the guns were the the whole the, the problem was that the, you'll see there's two rows of guns and then there's a little ballast and a very short keel and so they didn't put too much money and too much effort into the design of what's below the surface, what's happening under. So it's on its first maiden voyage, and, and unfortunately, this ship encountered a, a, a gust of wind, uh, and it fell over, 
and sunk 1,400 metres into its first voyage. Unfortunately, the king wasn't there at the time he was out on battle, and the other neg negative was that the people who, who were his advisors and so on, they didn't have the courage to, to tell the king that, listen, I think we've got a problem, can we delay the launch and all the rest of it? There's a number of things we can learn from this particular event. Because, you see, if all of us, sometimes many of us, put so much work into our outward appearance, into our physical bodies, into, into, our, into our, uh, the cars we drive, into the houses we live in, into who we appear to be and do very little work on what's on the inside, when a storm comes, we get blown over. When a storm comes, we don't have enough resources on the inner being because the inner being has been neglected. Yes, we know Scripture. Yes, we know where to turn to certain things. Yes, we know lots of things. But the things that we harbor on the inside, unforgiveness, yeah, uh, resentment, uh, envy, uh, greed, all sorts of stuff that, that the enemy tries to put into our thinking is not dealt with. And then what happens is we become weak Christians. We become Christians that we cannot do the things we want to do. So I have this proposition for you today to help you because this is a year that we've talked about. We were waiting for 2020 to begin. Well, here we are. And last Sunday when Pastor shared about the, 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 those four people in his message, if you haven't heard it, you weren't here, go online, get it, read it, and listen to the incredible words that were spoken last Sunday. And it launched us into this season where we are in and this season of the 2020. And I believe that this is a follow-on from that because when we start to to apply something, do something. See, God has given you. He has made you fearfully and wonderfully. Do you know it? Do you receive it or say, oh, no, you look in the mirror and say, oh, no, I want to be like him. I want to speak like Pastor Ted, you know, the deep voice. And I want to I wanna do this. I want to do that. Look, let me tell you something. When you look at yourself and say, thank you, Lord, you have made me so well. I know it. I believe it. I receive it. And then something happens on the inside. Remember last month I spoke about comparing ourselves to somebody. And listen, that we, that we don't play the comparison game. But this is another part of the inward things of us that we need to say, God, I know it full well that you have made me well. So my proposition is that you find a mentor. Seek someone that is like-minded. And, and we talked about this at leadership, that we would like people to have mentors so they can help you with the blind side that each of us have. And we don't often get told about it. See, the king's, the king's uh, people were not able to, weren't confident enough to tell the king, king, we have a problem. We feel that the, the, the top of the ship is too heavy and there is nothing underneath it to keep it stable. And a puff of wind blew it over and sunk. And actually, it was there until 1961 when they actually, it was in the, in the harbor of, of, of uh, Sweden. And it was 1961 when they pulled it up out of the water, restored it, and now it's in the museum. 
I want to tell you that this is something very real that happened, and this is something very real for you and I. It's no good me giving you instructions and words and everything else if you don't say, yes, Lord, I am going to work on the inside, the unseen part of me, the unseen part of me, that only you and God know. And when you get somebody who's, you know, in our church we have armor bearers to help us do certain things, to help the ministry. Listen, every one of us needs someone who will walk along with us. David had Jonathan, different people had different people who had one who walked together. And you know, two, when two people walk together, it's a mighty powerful thing. So this is the first part of my message. And then when I talked about the taste and see, you know, when you taste something good, what sound do you make? Mmm, mm, I was saying to Judy on the way to church this morning, Judy, what sound do you make when you taste something good? Mmm, I went to a, a, a pizza luncheon at, uh, at Jono and Carly's place sometime, and everybody went, mmm, 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 you know. I mean, the pizza was out of this world. And so, and so when you taste something good, mmm. And so I felt the Lord say to me that, that, that not just from the sound, because how do you spell mmm, mmmmmm dot mmm? You know, I mean. So I said, I'm going to give you ten words that start with M for this year. You see, I do believe that this is a Kairos moment, and I sometimes I think in the Christian world the Kairos word has been overused. But you know what the Kairos word means? The Kairos time is the perfect time. In fact, it's a time when you read, I actually looked into this word a bit, and uh, in the Hebrew word, it's ta'am, and it has the meaning of discernment. In fact, the capacity to choose and delight in good things. I love it. And I thought, well, that's a capacity, you see. It's, someone said it's God's timing. Well, in fact, in fact the, the uh, dictionary says kairos means that you take advantage or even creating a perfect moment or deliver a particular message. There are sometimes you should not say certain things. There are sometimes you should say things. And, and I think that this is a kairos moment as we launch into 2020. So, Father, I thank you that as we come together this morning, we're going to believe you, Lord, for a supernatural word. We're going to, we want to see and taste, Lord, all the things that you have for us, irrespective of age, irrespective of the things that we do. But, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that as we enter into this Kairos time for ourselves, as we launch into the deep, Lord, we are ready to receive so that when we look back at the end of this year, we will be able to declare, look what the Lord has done. And I thank you, my God, that you have a big plan for each and every person in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I actually wrote this prayer down and I said, we're going to declare, look what the Lord has done. And when you sang that song this morning, I thought, that's God. Only God can do that. When we, we're at the end. When we get to the end in December, we can look back and say, God, you are so good. So good. So the first word, I got the words up there. Uh, in fact, I think they're going to all come up at once. But just listen to the first one as, as I want to talk about each one just briefly. The first one is move. John 16, 23 says that now is your time. It is, it is a time to move. It is not a time to stand still. It is a time to move. You see, there's revival in 
there's a revival in your life, and as you are revived, you can revive others in, in, in your sphere of influence. You see, you have to steward revival. You have to steward awakening, and this is your time. You see, the winds of change is blowing, and the river is moving, and the cloud is moving, and you have to move with it. You can't stay where you are. You can't say, I'm okay here. No, you're not okay because you're only okay when you're on the move, and when you're on the move, God will do supernatural things in your life. So it's time to get uh, ready and move with the, the wind and with the things that God is saying to you. Don't hold back. The second word is mandate. Oh, it's very small. Anyway, maybe you can take a photo of it, but take, it, t- take a photo of it, take it home with you. Go through it because I believe these are words that, that God gave me for each and every one of you and me and the church as a whole. And I present that to the elders and they can either correct me or adjust me or say, yes, this is the word of the Lord. Mandate. Mandate. The second word is mandate. Mandate. It's a mandate to run. You see, in the natural, we see people break records all the time. Last night, uh, Alex Midner broke his record and he's taken a set of number one, um, Rafael Nadal, uh, in the singles uh, in the tennis, in the ITV tennis. And uh, he was playing so well. I mean, I was getting so excited for him. And this is the first time in all the years he's played that he's taken one set off Rafael Nadal. And in fact, he actually won a set of him which is an amazing thing. But anyway, you see, we are at a time when we're taking new records. And I believe, church, that it is our time, church wants time to take new records, to break new barriers. And we are in this time. It's a mandate for us. We can do things that we could not do before. And we have, we've just, as you know, we bought this ministry center. These are things that uh, we're going into a new era of church life. And uh, over this Christmas season, I was talking to a family. There was a number of families gathering together. And one lady asked me the question and said, Pastor, do you think uh, that the local church's time is over? Do you think that, that uh, we just look on, get on the Internet and look at messages on the Internet and then, uh, and then just live our Christian life as we, see, as, as we see how? And I say, no, 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 no. Let me tell you why that's not so. Because you see, each and every one of you who love Jesus, who have committed your life to Christ, you carry His presence with you. And when you, you carry your presence, and sometimes you don't even understand, you don't even realize what you are carrying. But you are carrying the presence of God in your life. Wherever you go, He goes. Whatever you look at, He sees. Whatever you do, He's there. You see, you are carrying the presence. And what you said earlier about we need to encourage one another. Well, t- let me tell you this. that That's why you need to come to church. When you're not here, the presence you carry, and only you carry that presence, is not here. And there's something missing. And friends, let me tell you this. Every one of us who love God, we carry something. And so, and we need to understand that what we are carrying is very, very powerful, even if you don't realize it. The church is going to have a decade filled with new things. You see, there's a new norm, new things altogether, because when God says, I'll do a new thing, He's saying, I'm not just going to make it a little bit better, I'm going to do a new thing. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe right now, 
that you are going to do some record breaking in each, each people's lives here. Lord, as they leave this place, Lord, as they get excited, they can understand, Lord, the presence that they carry is very powerful and strong, Lord. And I thank you that new opportunities will come. I thank you, Lord, that this is a Kairos moment for them individually and us as a church. And I pray, Lord, that barriers will be broken, ministerial barriers will be broken. And we speak a release in the name of Jesus. And the Lord says, forget the past, forget the issues, and run like your life depends upon it, for this is your season. Now, I believe that when we recognize this, it's a new thing that God will do in us. And so you'll go back and think, oh, I, the Lord just spoke to me, touched me. And it'll come. It might come as a sound. It might come as a word or something that I might say. But God is doing something else. Number three, momentum. And you have entered a no spectator zone, friends. Momentum means that this year we are in a no spectator. There are no spectators in church. We're all participators. We are all people who are doing something. This is a time to be actively involved in church life, actively involved in your spiritual life, actively involved. In, and I felt God say, if you're willing and take the initiative in serving, if you're willing and helping in giving, that all of a sudden God will supernaturally equip you like he equipped Elijah then when he outran the chariot. If you don't know about that, get on your concordance and check it out. You see, that was a supernatural event that Elijah experienced. And you will experience that when you start to get up and say, I'm going to go. I'm not going to look at somebody else. I'm not going to look at something else. I'm going to get up. When you see something, you go, don't, don't just wait to be asked. Listen, this is a permission-giving church. So you have, you have permission to go out and bring people into the presence of God. You have permission to go and come and put your name down to stack chairs or do whatever you need to do, bumping in, bumping out. We have got lots of things. And when we start to do this, friends, you wait and see what God will do. He will supernaturally empower you. Number four is muscle. The Bible says that we need to exercise spiritual muscle. We need to do spiritual things, you see. We work by faith and not by sight. So when you put faith into action, that activates your spiritual muscle and you'll start to do things that you've not done before. Ephesians 3.20 says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church uh, throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The fact is, friends, when we start to exercise things, when you start to do something fresh in the spirit, when you start to exercise the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, that's how you get a prophetic word. That's how you hear a prophetic sound. That's how you hear something so somebody can be encouraged and edified and they can do great exploits for Jesus. If you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you, you have the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit within you, if I was to ask you how many of you, and you don't show me hands now, but if how many of you have used nine of the gifts this year so far in the first two weeks? How many have used any of the gifts in the, nine, in the, in the first two, month, two weeks? The fact is each of us should use spiritual gifts. I sought the Lord and he answered me. 
the Bible says. And when I sought the Lord for words for you today, these are the words I was given. And he started with, hmm, hmm. So muscle is a very important word. The next one is measure. You see, God wants to instill in you a new measure of faith. A new measure of faith, because I believe some of you will have some unexpected opposition, which he wants you to be victorious over, and the only way you'll do it is by faith. So when God says to you, go ahead, do something, he'll give you the supernatural ability. See, God wants to install and release in you the ministry that he has called you to. You see, new is your new normal now. Don't just keep doing the same thing. Do it differently. Don't just do something on your own. Get somebody else. Can you come and help me? Even if I don't need somebody's help, I sometimes ask for help. Because when two are better than one. And we can encourage one another by doing it. You see, just have to be comfortable with new things. I find even leaders don't like change. And a lot of people don't like change. Change? change what why should we change something the fact is god says i'm doing a new thing i want you to change i want you to do something different so you can get to get into great things for god i mean i like doing things well i mean you know i was in the military i like polishing things i mean i we uh, we had to polish anything that didn't move when the when the governor general came in fact when the uh, when the uh, cream came to visit us in our air force base anything that didn't move was painted and anything that wasn't painted was polished and uh, and so we had to polish everything and i want to tell you that okay when you're doing new things you don't have the time to polish them you don't have the time to do certain things but god says do whatever you can to make it look and sometimes you can't afford to polish them but you can do new things every one of us can do something new number six magnitude Habakkuk 1.5 says, look at, what the na- look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For even, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Friends, God's going to tell you things and you say, oh God, I don't believe that. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, that's what happened to Habakkuk. Isaiah 66.8 says, Can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment? You see, we are living in this kind of era at the moment. We can't think like we used to think anymore. we got to think and get ready because God says, I'm going to do mighty things that you cannot even comprehend with your natural mind. That's called faith, being stretched in faith. Mass, number seven, John 14, 12. Jesus said, anyone who has faith in me will do, will do the things that I have been doing. In fact, he will do even greater things. Have you ever pondered about that? How could you do greater things than Jesus? But the fact is, we, are, we can and we will. See, we are in a season of stadium Christianity, not, not in rented halls or having our own building. Stadium I mean, last November when I was in uh, Dallas, uh, one of the speakers, had to, Australian speakers, had to come back because she was speaking at the stadium in Melbourne. And there was a great gathering, of, I don't know how many thousand, but thousands of people came to Christ on that particular night. And we are actually going in July to Hungary 
where there is, in fact, we're going earlier, but on July the 18th, there, the, the Prime Minister has allowed the uh, churches in Hungary to use the brand new stadium where they're expecting 75,000 people. And he has given buses, over a thousand buses, to bus people in as a result. So we're coming into this era, friends. Number eight, mindset. This is our resetting point. You see, I believe that God has to blow your mind to change your mind. And he's going to blow your mind with something that is, that is, is going to let you do or, or, or see something or do something that will blow you away. And get ready because when you recognize that sometimes he has to do that for you to change your mind, change your position on certain things. See, God is not going to give us revelation without power. He's not going to give us revelation without actually seeing what he wants us to do. God is going to confirm the things that he gives you revelation. He's going to confirm it by his word. And so you have a protection but God wants you to change your mindset, moving from discipling communities to preparing disciples to influence nations and territories. Because when that happens, we are, we are bigger than that. There's, there's, there are so many different Christian ministries that are going into places where they haven't been before. Number nine, means. Two more. Uh, resources, not just money. I mean, it includes money. But it's not just money. God's going to release resources to you individually. And I believe he's going to release to our church and to what we are doing in our community. You see, money, power, and manpower is what, what, what resources are. And Paul needed Lydia uh, in Acts chapter 16. She had the means. She had the reputation. She had the money. And she had the opportunity to stand with Paul to take the gospel to Thyatira. And the fact is, that's what's going to happen to you and I. The means are going to come in ways that you never even thought. So you've got to get ready for it. Whether it's in the missionary, whether it's in Global C1, or whether it's in whatever area, God's going to pour out His Spirit upon us. And number 10, meditate. And you know, this is one of my favorites, that a regular Bible reading plan. And I believe that when we start to do this and apply the Scripture to our lives, and then we start to join with two or three people and form an accountability group. It will put power into our Bible reading. It'll put re release and revelation into that. You have just listened to a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available.